Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 4. We've been talking about the spirit of faith. Did you say Ephesians 4? 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians oh, 4. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, my hearing aid thought okay. that's going to fail me at times. 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, verse, verse 13, we've been uh, talking about uh, the spirit of faith and the characteristics of living faith and how to put our faith into action because that's, that's really, uh, that's really the, the key to receiving. Yes, we need to hear the word because faith comes by hearing, but faith is developed by acting on the word. And I think uh, that's one of the weaknesses in, in the church is, is um, not being taught how to be doers of the word of God because that's really what activates uh, faith and, and it's, it's, um, puts it into motion is being a doer of the word. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We believe, and therefore speak. We've talked about as new covenant believers, we have the same spirit of faith Moses had when he stretched out his rod over the water. We have the same spirit of faith Elijah had when he called down fire from heaven. We have the same spirit of faith David had when he ran toward Goliath, a teenager running at an experienced warrior who weighed 400 pounds. We have the same spirit of faith as Jesus when he walked on the earth, cast out demons, uh, heal the sick, spoke to the wind and the waves. We have that same spirit of faith, this uh, never give up, overcoming, more than conquering spirit of faith, this fighting spirit. We have this same spirit of faith. Uh, we've repeated this phrase over and over, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. The spirit of faith is a spirit of victory. And in Hebrews 10 and 11, we've been looking at these examples of uh, how the spirit of faith acts. And uh, we're over in uh, Hebrews 10, there toward the end of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 10, verse 34. 5 says cast not away therefore your confidence or your faith uh, faith is having confidence in, in God's word confidence is a faith word which hath great recompense of reward for ye have need of patience or endurance that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. 
But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we have seen in the previous sessions, here in verse um, 38 and 39, uh, he talks about not casting away your, your confidence or your faith and not drawing back. So we've seen that the very first uh, characteristic of the spirit of faith here is that faith does not draw back. Faith is the opposite of drawing back. Faith steps out. Yes. Faith steps out. Yes. And then moving right into chapter 11, yes. verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected, Bible hope is having an, an expectation that what we're believing yeah. is happening for us now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected, the evidence of things not seen. So the second uh, characteristic of the spirit of faith is that faith expects. It does not move or draw back. It continues to expect that what we're believing for is happening for us now and faith is what brings it into reality in the physical realm. Verse 2 um, tells us that uh, for by it, by their faith, the elders obtained a good report. So it was because of their faith that these heroes of chapter 11 received a good report from God. Verse 3, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So we saw that faith is a giver. This is another characteristic of faith. Abel gave a better gift in worship to God than Cain did. So Abel is his gift his offering was recorded in Hebrews 11 for us. Uh, we're still talking about it 6,000 years later. And it's such an example of, of faith that gives its best uh, that God had it recorded for us. So faith is also a giver. And uh, verse, let's move down to verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe two things. One, that God is. He exists. He is real. Uh, God could perform something. Uh, he could just intervene in the earth and perform something so dramatic and so miraculous that it would instantly cause every person in the whole world to believe that he exists and he's real. But he's not going to do that because he has given us a free will and he wants us to choose to believe in him, not be forced into believing in him. He wants us to choose to believe by faith that he exists and that he is real 
And number two, that he is a rewarder. He is faithful. He is a blesser. He is a promoter. He is just to reimburse you. It, it pays to serve and obey God. But not so many people are sure about that. Not so many Christians are, are sure about the fact that God is a rewarder. He is faithful to reimburse you for what you've um, invested uh, for him and in the kingdom. Uh, but but I'm, I'm already persuaded about that, that God is, is faithful. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that's an important factor, those that diligently seek him. It doesn't say he's a rewarder of everybody, you know. It says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him and have, have made great, uh, you know, have sacrificed and made uh, great effort uh, to advance his kingdom and invest in his kingdom. So here in verse 6 it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, this phrase, when it says without faith, that's not talking about the absence of faith. Um, it's talking about outside of a specific place, being outside of a place. Faith is a place. We could talk about be, being in the house or being out of the house. So your house is a place. You're either in your house or you're out your house. You can be in town or you can be out of town. So in the same way, faith is a specific place and you can be in faith and you can be out of faith. So that's what it's talking about here. You can stay in a place of faith or you could move out of faith. You could draw back and move outside of faith. So this is saying if you move outside of faith uh, and abandon the promise that God has given you and you just give up, you cast away your confidence, you don't um, apply endurance and you just give up on this promise, you give up on what you've been believing for, then this is to be put in a position where it's impossible to please God and it's also impossible to receive from Him. Faith is how we please God. It's how we receive from Him. It's how we overcome in the world. So that's why it's so important that we stay in a place of faith and we don't move outside of faith. If God has given you an assignment that involves a specific location, as long as you stay there and as long as you remain in alignment with what he's called you to do, you will please God and you will be rewarded. God is faithful to do that. So outside of the place of God, Outside of the place of faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, you know, if, if we live in constant defeat under the devil's influence, that doesn't please God. That's not what he wants for us. He has ordained and paid a high price for us to live an abundant, victorious, overcoming life 
right here and now. So he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And as long as we stay in the place of faith, God is the paymaster of the universe, and he's keeping a record. He's the bookkeeper. He's the accountant. And he is faithful to totally reimburse us for what we have personally invested or what we have sacrificed in order to obey him. And God's keeping the record on that, and he's faithful to reimburse us. And this is what we see happening over and over again in the lives of these obedient heroes of faith in chapter 11. Verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Um, we talked about how faith is not seen and not yet. God advised, in the case of Noah, God consulted with Noah. And he advised him and warned him about something catastrophic that was going to happen, but it hadn't happened yet. And it had never happened in the past. So the only evidence Noah had was God's word. And Noah believed what God said with no natural evidence. And he demonstrated his faith when it goes on to say, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So Noah believed God that, that this uh, something catastrophic was going to happen that was going to destroy the whole earth, everything except his family and a sampling of the animals. And he believed God and it says he prepared an ark. So we see the next characteristic of living faith, faith prepares and gets ready. If you're believing for something, if you're believing God for something, you're, you're taking steps and you're getting ready for it to happen. You're doing whatever you can do in the natural to get ready for this thing to happen that you're believing for. Now, I don't believe that God gave Noah any details when he told him uh, it just says he warned him about something uh, not seen as yet uh, I just think he told him uh, I'm going to destroy the earth and you need to build this ark and he told him exactly how to build it but I don't other than how to build the ark I don't think he gave Noah any details about what was going to happen all Noah knew was that God was going to destroy the earth, everything in it, except his family and a sampling of the animals. Now, today, let's move on to verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, did what? He obeyed. Abraham obeyed. So underline or circle that word in that verse. Abraham 
by faith when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he did what? He went. He went out, not knowing whether he went. So this brings us to our next characteristic of the spirit of faith. Faith obeys. We've seen that faith steps out. Faith expects. Faith is a giver. Faith prepares and gets ready. Now we see that faith obeys. Faith obeys. We're getting revelation from this chapter about living faith and how it acts. The spirit of faith and what it looks like and what it sounds like. Now let's hold our place there in uh, Hebrews 11 for a minute and let's uh, go back to Genesis 12 where we find the original account of uh, what they're talking about here in Hebrews 11. And back in Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4. So Abram did what? Verse 4 says, so Abram departed. He, he, he obeyed. He, he obeyed. God said, I want you to leave your parents. I want you to leave your hometown. I want you to leave your country. And I uh, want you to go to a place that I will show you. Now, Abram, at this point, when God spoke this to him, he's 75 years old. And, and at 75 years old, God is telling him to leave everything that was familiar to him. At 75 or any other age, many people today would be reluctant to just pull up everything and set out in faith, not even knowing where you were going. Uh, at 75 years of age, Abram, at this point, he was well established in, in the community. He's lived there for 75 years. He was a wealthy landowner. He had employees. He had assets of flocks and herds. He had a lifetime membership at the golf club. He had preferred seating at the nicest restaurant in town. Now, now maybe, it, you know, it wouldn't have exactly been those things in his generation, but whatever the equivalent was in his generation to having a membership at the country club 
and the nicest preferred seating at the, at the restaurant, whatever the equivalent that was in his day, he had it, and he enjoyed it. And in other words, he was comfortable where he was. He was comfortable where he was. Most people today, if God said, I want you to pull up everything, I want you to leave your, your parents, your family, maybe your children, your town, your country, uh, and go, go to this place I will show you. Most, most people, many people, would, would kind of start making excuses, wouldn't they? They would say, well, Lord, in two years, I'm going to retire from my job, and then I'll go. Or, Lord, if you'll just get me the money to, to pay off all my bills and get all of my affairs in order, then I'll go. They, they, want, they want to see how all this is going to take place. They want to get all their ducks in a row. They want to, they want to tell God, you know, uh, how to do this. And uh, you just, you just uh, do this for me. You just wait two more years till I can retire, and then I'll go. This is the way many people uh, respond. And, and sometimes God even answers their prayer. He, he will get them the money to, to get them out of debt. He will get all their affairs straight, and sometimes they still don't go. Even after God has, has, has performed what they asked him to do in order for them to go, many times they still don't go. Um, I heard a minister tell this uh, story about... Uh, that this minister had taught in Brother Hagen's Bible school, uh, he, in healing school. And he, he told about this man who attended uh, Brother Hagen's healing school there. He came for healing. And this man told the minister that when he was younger, he believed that God was calling him to go to another country as a missionary. And he did not go because his wife didn't want to go. And he said all of their lives, had, had all of their lives, they had both experienced health problems ever since then. That had health problems ever since then, both of them. And he was basically saying, I should have obeyed God. I should have obeyed God when he put that in my heart, and we probably would have avoided all of these health problems that we have experienced over the years. So what should this man have done when, when, when he believed and he, you know, over a period of time, he was convinced that God had called him to go to this other country? What should he have done? Well. He should have said to his wife, I'm going to obey God. And when I get to China, I will write you and I will send you my address where I'm living. And if you ever decide you want to come with me, you can come. You know where to find me. That's what he should have done. That's why he should have gone, yeah. Because your wife is not the Holy Spirit. Your husband is not the Holy Spirit. Your family's not the Holy Spirit. 
Your children are not the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it took faith. It took faith for Abraham to leave his comfort zone. After 75 years to pull up everything and obey God when he did not even know where he was going. And God didn't say when he was going to show him. He just said, I'll show you where to go. But he didn't say when. when. He didn't say, I'll show you in three days or three weeks or three months. Abram just had to pull up and, and, and trust God. Verse 4 uh, in the uh, voice translation says, without any hesitation, Abram went. Without any hesitation, Abram went. Now, Abram believed God. So, what does living faith do? It steps out, it expects, it gives, it prepares, and it obeys. So Abram obeyed. He put his faith into action. So how did he put his faith into action? He called the moving company, the moving vans, to come to his house and start packing up all of his belongings. That was his first, first act of obeying God. He called up the moving vans and said, come start packing up my belongings. And when all the, his neighbors and people in the community saw the moving vans at his house, they said, what's happening, Abe? You know, what, what are you doing? And Abram said, I'm moving. Moving? Where are you moving to? Well, I don't know yet. God just told me to pack up and move, so I'm obeying. He just, you know, he just felt led to uh, head north, you know, to just get on a particular road and just start heading in that direction, believing that God would lead him to the right place. Now, back in uh, verse 8 of Hebrews 11, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. So our natural flesh wants to know how this is all going to work out in advance. It wants to know all the details. Human reasoning tries to figure out uh, how this is all going to happen in advance. But it takes faith not knowing. Not knowing where the money's going to come from. Yes. Not knowing how. Not knowing when. Not knowing where. But Abram got up, packed up, and obeyed God anyway. Not knowing any of these things. Now that takes faith. That takes faith. Um, Abraham just believed God anyway. When I came, when I came here, uh, I had to leave my country, my family, my job, my church, and everything that was familiar to me. And I struggled with it 
for a while, even on the plane coming over here, I was still struggling with it because I, I was thinking, what about my parents? You know, they're going to be getting older. Yes. Well, what about this? What about that? Uh, but it takes faith to obey not knowing. Yes. So I just had to trust God and just just obey and you know see see what was yeah just walk it walk it out just walk it out yes it 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 wasn't wasn't very easy but praise God verse nine tells us continuing about Abraham by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So when it says Abraham, um, he sojourned in the land of promise. Now this, this is kind of an old English word. It just means he was on the move. He was constantly traveling. He traveled from one place to another in a strange and foreign country that was unfamiliar to him. He was constantly on the move, living in tents with no permanent home for 100 years. For the next 100 years, he was constantly on the move, living in tents. Now, this was a very different, difficult lifestyle from, from the one that he left, oh, where he had where he had lived for 75 years in comfort and luxury in the Ur of the Chaldees. That's where he came from. So for the first 75 years of his life, he lived in luxury, he lived in comfort, and now he's wandering from, from place to place, living in tents in a strange and unfamiliar country. But it goes on in verse 10 to say, For he did what? He looked, he looked, underline or circle those words. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Yes. Abraham not only obeyed, he, he took the next step of faith. We see here the next characteristic of living faith is faith looks for it. Faith looks for it. When you're believing for something that God has spoken to you either in the word or in your spirit, faith starts looking for it. It starts looking for it, physically looking for it. Uh, you may be believing for a car, a house, a job, healing for your body, maybe a turnaround in finances or something else that you need. When you're looking for the manifestation of what you're believing for, how are you going to know when you find it? You'll have a witness in your spirit. You'll have a knowing. Uh, you know, you may go look at something and say, well, this, this is nice, but this is not it. Um, you know, you may uh, go look at something else and say, well, this is better than the last one, but this is still not it. 
or you go look at another one. Well, this is better, this is even better, but this is still not it. You may look and look and be tempted to think, uh, it's never gonna happen. Uh, you know, if I was gonna, if it was out there, I would have found it by now. Maybe it's just not God's will for me. No, when you know that you've heard from God, you know he has the right one for you. And you may have to look a while. Um, you know, so if you've been looking for weeks or months or maybe years for, uh, you know, your healing or for uh, a house or a particular job or maybe for, you know, uh, your loved ones to be saved or whatever, if you've been looking for years and you haven't found it yet, yeah. what do you do? You keep looking. You keep looking. Amazing. It may be nice, what you know, what you're what you're looking for, uh, if it's property or something. It may be nice, but if it's not quite right in your spirit, then that's not the one God has for you. It may be nice, but it's not quite right. And if it's not quite right, it's not the one. It's not the right one. No. It may be better, but it's not the one. Because God has, the one is just right for us, exactly what we need, and, and in many times it's even exceedingly abundantly above what we were even expecting or desiring. But when we found the one that the Lord has for us, uh, we will have a satisfaction and a peace about it. So Abraham obeyed God and left his home. And he would, he would travel and he would come to a city and he would think, well, this is nice, but, but this is not it. He didn't have peace about it. He didn't have satisfaction in his spirit that this was the right place. And he'd come to another city and he'd think, well, this is nice, but this is not it. And he'd, he'd move on, he'd travel to another place and he'd say, well, this is better than the last place, but this is still not it. Now, let's hold our place there in Hebrews again, and let's turn over to 1 Kings 18. 1 First. First Kings, First Kings 18. 18. Yeah. Um, and this is... Uh, this is Elijah, and we know that there's been a famine in the, the land here and a drought leading up to this. And in verse 41 of 1 Kings 18, it says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Now Ahab's the wicked king, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now, I don't think Elijah physically heard the sound of rain, because it hadn't rained in a long time. But I think he heard it in his spirit. I think he heard in his spirit that there's rain coming. There was no natural evidence of it, but he knew in his spirit that, that, it, that 
uh, rain was coming. Verse 42, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Verse 43, and said to his servant, go up now and do what? Look. Look. What's Elijah telling the servant to look for? Rain. Rain. Now he hadn't rained in probably years. The servant went out and looked and he didn't see anything. And he came back and he told Elijah. Elijah said, go look again. He looked again. He saw nothing. He came back and told Elijah, I don't see anything. Elijah said, go look again. He said, I just came back from looking. I didn't see anything. Elijah said, go look again. <laughs> he came back and said, I don't see, I don't see anything. But uh, so Elijah sent him back the third time. He came back and said, there's nothing there. Elijah said, go look again. And he said, I just looked and there's nothing there. Elijah said, go look again. Fourth time. He came back uh, and he said, I looked, there's not a cloud anywhere. Nothing. Elijah said, go look again. The sixth time, he yes. comes back and he says, there's nothing. I just came back. There's nothing. Absolutely no cloud, no sign of rain. Now, why am I going over this scripture slowly? Can you see the spirit of faith and operation here? Can you see the spirit of faith? This never give up, determined, persistent, refusing to accept anything else except what God said. There was not a cloud in the sky. There was no natural evidence. But Elijah kept sending this servant back to keep looking. Why? Because Elijah had a word from God that it was going to rain. And he didn't care if there wasn't a cloud within a hundred miles. He believed it. He believed what God said. God said it's going to rain. I don't care if you've been 15 times and you don't see anything. God says it's going to rain. Seven times he sent his servant out to look for a cloud of rain. Why? Because he had a word from God, he was not going to be moved from it, and he was looking for it. He was looking for the manifestation of what God had spoken to him. So faith not only obeys, it looks. It starts looking for what God has said. It starts looking for what God has promised. Now, rain in the Bible can also be a type of blessing. 
It can also represent blessing. And we have been obedient to faithfully, consistently tithe. We have been obedient to faithfully, consistently give into good ground ministries. And we're believing for an abundance of rain, an abundance of blessing to be uh, poured out on us individually and in the ministry. We're looking for an abundance of rain, abundance of blessings, because we've been faithful. Amen? We've been faithful tithers. We've been faithful givers. Uh, we're, we're looking for chunks of finances, chunks of divine health, chunks of anointing, chunks of favor, chunks of blessings coming on us as individuals and as a ministry. Now, many Christians give up after looking once or twice for what they're believing for. They look once or twice and, and they give up. And if they don't find it straight away, you know, they may go look at one or two things and say, well, I looked, I didn't see any, I didn't find it, it's not out there. Um, if they don't find it straight away, they'll give up or they'll say, what's the use? I'll never find it. It's not coming. This, this is not the spirit of faith. But unfortunately, uh, this is the way many Christians uh, end up living defeated lives and not receiving what God has for them. Um, you know, they may look three weeks or three months, and if it hasn't happened yet, they just give up and they quit. And this is why they don't receive. Uh, now in 1 Kings 18, 44, verse 44 says, uh, well, let's, let's finish. Uh, I, I didn't finish. Um, uh, yeah, verse 44. And it came to pass. Underline those words. It came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. The seventh time he went back and looked. And he said, I see a tiny little cloud way out in the distance. And Elijah said, you go tell Ahab, he better get, in his, get on his horse and get out of here if he doesn't want to get washed out. Verse 45 says, And it came to pass, again, underline those words. We all like those words in the Bible where it says it came to pass. We're going to be able to say whatever we're believing for, we're going to be able to say, and it came to pass exactly like the Lord said. Amen? Yes. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran after Ahab, to the entrance of Jezreel. Ahab was so stirred up in his faith 
that the power of God came on him and he physically outran the king's horses. This was not just a hundred yard dash. This was from one location to another town. He, he outran the king's chariot. The power of God came upon him. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now back to Hebrews 11 verse 10 talking about uh, Abraham for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God now after a few years of traveling around in a strange country with no permanent home I'm sure Abraham's wife Sarah said at some point are you sure you heard from God. Why don't we just go back home? Yes. We, we had a comfortable life yes. there. We had a luxurious yes, life. We had everything. Yes. And now here we are wandering right. around in this strange country uh, in, a, in a tent with no place to call home. Uh, but Abram was willing to make a huge sacrifice for 100 years in order to obey God and receive the reward God promised. That's why these great heroes of faith in this chapter, this is why their names are in the book. This is why they're in this chapter. And this is why many believers today don't receive from God because they... they um, are reluctant, they're, they're not willing, they draw back from obeying God because um, they don't want to make the sacrifice, it's going to cost too much, uh, you know, they don't want to leave their comfortable lifestyle for, maybe it might just be a season, but, but not even for a season they want to leave their comfortable lifestyle in order to obey God, but if they would just do it, they don't know what's out there waiting for them. The great reward God has waiting for them because they want to see it. They want God to, to lay it all out and show them how this is going to happen and how this, that's going to happen and where this money's going to come from. And God's not going to do that. We have to step out by faith. And this is why many believers just don't receive uh, and they don't end up in God's perfect will for their lives. But in spite of the temptations to draw back, I'm sure there were, they had opportunities to, to draw back and just say, let's just pack up and go home. But Abraham knew he had heard yes, from God. He did, yes. And he refused to give up on the promise and the great reward from God. And as, as blessed and as comfortable as his life in Ur of the Chaldees had been, Abraham believed that God still had a better place for him and his descendants. Now he didn't realize at the time that the place he was looking for was not on earth. It was in heaven. It was a city that God built. He, he didn't realize it at the time. It was a city God built in heaven. And he eventually found it. But, but he was, he was uh, I mean, this is such a great example of faith. 
at 75 years old, a man would just pull up and leave everything and step out and obey God. Um, but like I said, many Christians today are not willing to make the sacrifices in order to receive God's best. They want God's best, but it, it takes faith and it takes obedience. Uh, and if it's not in, yes. if it's not instant, yes, and if it's uncomfortable for a season, they just quit quit looking and draw back, or never even step out and obey to begin with. But like Hebrews ten thirty nine says, we are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who draw back. Faith is a fixed decision. You can see Abraham had made a fixed decision. He was going to obey God. Noah, all these people, Abel, they made a fixed decision and they were not going to move from it. God is the paymaster of the universe and he will reward and totally reimburse you for what you have personally invested or sacrificed and given up in order to obey him and to serve him. And this is what we see happening over and over again in the lives of these obedient heroes of faith. So as long as we know we've heard from God, we stay in our place of faith, we do what God's called us to do, and we don't give up on the manifestation of what we're believing for, and, and we carry out as best as we know how, the, the assignment he's given us, then payday will come. Amen? Amen. Payday will come.